All right. Well, hey, everyone. Athena Dean Holtz here with this week's edition of Project Redemption, Real Life Stories, Redeemed, Restored, and Retold. I am excited to have back on the podcast, Denise Wilson. Welcome to the podcast, Denise. Great to have you back with us. Thank you, Athena. Great to be here. Her bio is below in the show notes. I just wanted to ask her a few things to give you a little sneak peek into her life. You have a fun fact about where you live. My family, we live on my husband's family farm. My husband um, grew up here and our children are actually the sixth generation to live on the farm. So that's a pretty long history. We're from Canada and that's from even before Canada was a country. So wow. yeah, so we've got a long history here on the farm and it's it's great. So we love being here. So I have um, ever since we first met at Right to Publish in Chicago mm -hmm. uh, and then your initial book, which is not the one we're talking about today, but right. because both books go together, we will talk about it. The uh, seven words you never want to hear and how to be sure you won't. Mm -hmm. um, that is the first book that Denise came out with. And what we're going to talk about today is the actual companion product which is the same title, but it is a nine-week study guide, Bible study, to be able to dig deeper on all the points of the original book to really process through the scriptures that are shared and all of the content that is, I mean, I just got to say, it was very convicting the first time I read it. And I even saw some areas in my life in self-examining that I knew I needed to work on and surrender more. But such a good reminder for us, just because we go to church doesn't mean we really know Jesus and that he's going to say, hey, I know you. Come on in. Before we get into talking about the book, because I want to hear how you did initially decide to write on this topic and then add the Bible study. But before we go there, I would just love to hear how God got a hold of your life. Well, I don't have a dramatic testimony of I was never on drugs. I, <laughs> you know, I didn't do any of those crazy things, but I was a sinner just like everybody else. And uh, I grew up in the church. Um, my father would preach at different churches and, you know, I grew up memorizing the Bible and I knew a lot. I had a lot of head knowledge and uh, and I prayed to ask Jesus into my heart. I don't know how many times I remember my Sunday school teacher frequently, you know, inviting the children to um, invite Jesus into their heart. And I would do it every time I was asked. And um, but then when I was 14 at, at a Christian camp, a youth camp. I remember things kind of all came together for me and I came to the place where it wasn't just Jesus died for everybody, but Jesus died for me. It wasn't mm -hmm. just, we're all sinners. It's I'm a sinner. And I, I surrendered and I, and I don't remember the day. I just have a vague recollection of it was during that time at camp that it all came together for me. And I realized I had to make a decision 
and I decided to follow the Lord. And there was a change in my life, even though, um, you know, there, there weren't huge issues in my life. And there are things in all of our lives and we all need to be saved. And I, I noticed a real desire at, after that point to share Jesus with other people. I felt a real burden for those who were lost. And that started at the, at the time that I accepted the Lord and just a desire to serve the Lord with my life. It was at that point that I decided I want to be a missionary. I just couldn't think of anything that I wanted to do with my life that was more important. And that's so from that time, God started working in my life. And so I was 14 and when I was 15 that fall, I got baptized and I had my ups and downs as we all do. And there were times when my, my walk was stronger than other times, but uh, God was with me and he was carrying me through lots of different things in, in my life. So yeah, that's how yeah. it all began. Amen. You know, we've all got lots of moments in our life where God can take a real struggle or a hard thing or, you know, a trauma or a loss and bring good out of it. And I, I mean, we all have different times in our lives where we look back and go, wow, look what God did with that. Now, yeah. give us a, just a peek into how you have seen him restore. Tell us what that's looked like for you. As we grow as believers, we mature, right? And I just look back on little things in my life, which, you know, the ways I responded to situations when I was a younger Christian, kind of kind of like a bulldog, <laughs> um, I, less gracious. Um, I just see God softening my hard edges as I've, as I've grown in my faith, as I've drawn closer, as my desire to please the Lord has become stronger. Um, so it's just it's the little things, right? How God has taken crazy things that I've said or that I've done by his grace. I'm still his and he's still using me in spite mm -hmm. of, you know, mistakes that I've made. And that's assuring, right? Because we all do things that we might think, well, now I'm disqualified or I really messed up my, how I dealt with that person or whatever. But I mean, I think when we own our mistakes that mm -hmm. God's gracious, but people are gracious. That's my experience. Anyways, I find that for the most part, it's not always that way, but I find that, yeah, God's been very gracious to me in allowing and using me, you know, in spite of my, in spite of my flaws, God's using me and allowed me to have a message to share with people. So he's mm. really, God's been good. Amen. And he continues to sanctify us as we, and I love that you said, as you owned your own, when you made a mistake or were too pushy or whatever, you know, yeah. however that came out. I don't know, to me, that seems to be part of the whole lifestyle of self-examination and, mm -hmm. and being self-aware, yes. like, okay, here's my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing them. And that's the Holy Spirit, you know, convicting to, to then say, okay, God, that was, I don't want to be that way. I, I want to be more yeah. like you. And then he does that work. When you first felt compelled to write on these seven words, you never want to hear. How, mm -hmm. how did that happen? It started with a burden. <laughs> um, as I looked around and saw people in my life who professed faith, um, who said they were Christians, thought they were Christians, 
um, but there was no evidence in their lives. And some people very close to me, and I was at a deep concern. Like I said, when I first got saved, I had this great desire for the lost. And many that are lost are in our churches. And I saw that. I saw people who maybe said a prayer as a child have been baptized or they were just resting on a past experience, thinking, because I did this, I'm saved. And, you know, salvation is something, you know, it, it comes from our heart. So anybody can repeat words. And many people who do repeat words or are encouraged to re repeat words are believe they're saved and are sometimes um, told that they are, you know, well, now that you've done this, you've done this, therefore you're, you're a believer. If, if it's real, there will be evidence. And so yeah. that was, that was how the book started. It's just like, I wanted to show what does true faith really look like? And so that was the first book was really trying to go through um, what true faith looks like. And, um, and it was written for basically anyone who professes faith. And that's how that started. Tell me a little bit about the response that you've had from the first book, either how people have reached out to you and, and mm. shared with you their takeaway and how it changed their lives. Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been wonderful. I mean, any author is thrilled to hear from people who have benefited from what they've written and I'm no exception. And so I've heard from people I don't know, you know, you get reviews on Amazon and stuff like that. And it's just like, wow, that's just makes it worthwhile thinking, wow, they got it right. And it's helped them. And so it's been, it's been wonderful because the point was for people to look at their lives and to base it, you know, look at it against scripture. So, yeah, so it's been really good. And I've had some really great responses, which have really thrilled me. As you have processed all that you know god gave you in this first book and you've watched him work using mm -hmm. those words um was the bible study always kind of in the back of your mind as something that you wanted to build on to help even take people deeper and more transformational with the the concept no absolutely not my intention at the end of each chapter of the first book i have questions so it was kind of like when people started suggesting i was like um, there's already questions at the back. If people want to, you know, go a little further, there's questions. But I was encouraged, and really, it was a person that I'd never met who encouraged me the most to do it. It was a, it was a, it was an older man who um, wrote to me uh, on my website and mentioned how the book had been so impactful for him and in, and encouraged me to do a Bible study. And by the time he wrote me that letter. Several other people had mentioned it, but he just kind of put me over the edge, right? And it's just like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's a good idea to do that. And I'll just tell you a really interesting story about that man. It's wonderful. He's 88, actually, he's 89 years old now. We become friends. And at one time, and with tears, he we we spoke on the phone, like we had a little, we had a little Zoom call. And with tears in his eyes, he said, you know, he goes, I'm a I'm a I'm a sinful man you know he goes he wasn't until he was 80 years old that god got a hold of him and he said he led it he goes i led a terrible life but um god got a hold of me and he goes and i prayed to god two things he said god make me a holy man and let me do something that's going to have an impact for eternity and when he because he influenced me in my in my um what do you call them acknowledgments i acknowledge him as the person that did that and he read that and he was and he's like 
now God's answered that prayer through this book because he, he yeah, that was so that was so neat because he was so he had a great impact on me and and clearly being a part of this project had a great impact on him. It was an answer to his prayer. So yeah, mm. it was really very, very cool. I love that. I love how God will use people to do things that we could never imagine. The neat thing is that the Bible study can give the book new life. Yes. And, but also take people deeper. And that's, you yeah. know, I know when I read your book and asked all those questions of myself and went there, I mean, it was, it was a really mm -hmm. powerful experience. Yeah. Well, I find that, you know, and several people told me this in the book, they skip the questions. They all get back to that later, right? But in a Bible study, you don't skip the questions, right? right. And um, a group went through the study. I'll tell you, this was really neat because the purpose is examine yourself. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves, unless, of course, you don't pass the test. Self-examination is so important. That was written to a church. So anyone who calls himself a Christian should examine themselves. And so a group went through the study. This was actually before it came out. It was kind of like a pilot project. And at the end, one of the participants said, at the beginning of the study, I wasn't sure about my salvation. Now at the end, I'm altogether sure. I thought, mm. wow, that is so neat because, you know, there's many Christians, genuine Christians who don't have that assurance. They're kind of living with doubt. And it's hard to have, be confident in a relationship if you, if you question the love of the person, you know, who claims to love you right and so um, that's really important that we have that assurance but then there's other people who do this study who have assurance that they shouldn't have right there's people who have false professions they think they're okay so hopefully my hope is by going through the study they will realize where they truly stand with god and then mm. there's other people who are mature christians and i've had feedback from some of those too who said but like yourself you said you know they were challenged in different areas of their life and it really helped them to reflect as well so it's been you know there's all those people who claim the name of christ some are genuine and some aren't and um, my hope is that through self-examination they're really they'll either find the assurance find out that they they're not really saved and get saved or just be you know encouraged and challenged in their christian walk mm, so so good Okay, so if we have people listening today and they would like to reach out to you, connect with mm -hmm. you online or social media, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, sure. They could go to my website, um, denisewilson.ca. I'm Canadian, so it's CA. I also just started a YouTube channel. It's called Examine Yourself, Stories of Those Who Did. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being with us again today. This has been a delightful reminder. These two books together are Every Christian Should Read It. Thank you, Athena. You bet. <laughs>